I think, you know, the challenge, or one of the challenges for our city is people are really lost. People are lost, they don't know where to turn. There's the highest probably degree of hopelessness in my lifetime. And one of the things that thrills me so much about this vision that God's given us is it brings hope, brings hope to people. My, my dream is that any person from any uh, socioeconomic level, status, any person, can walk onto this campus and mm. find something that they need. Mm. They can find hope, they can find a future, and most of all, they can find Jesus. Mm. I think the seeds of everything we're doing are planted right from the outset of the church back in 1940. Yeah. And they have just, over the generations, been planted periodically and started to fruit and, mm. and flower periodically. Absolutely. Back in the 1950s, I think it was, Hamilton was the Bible college for the apostolic church movement mm. way back then. And it's kind of grown over the years and turned into different things. We've, and my understanding is in the 1980s that there were a group of um, shall we call them misguided youth who were part of the church and had a little bit too much time on their hands and the leadership of the day that would have been in Pastor Phil Underwood's time uh, started this um, project to teach these young men how to do market gardening and then they could then go and they could sell their gardens and that is the humble beginnings of what we today know as the Activate Education Group. You know, we came to church in 2001, and it was really interesting, sort of the prophetic narrative, if you like. Over about four years was this this picture, and it would come up from people internally and for those that f were from outside visiting the church, that uh, the church was like a hub, and they had spokes for a wider wheel. And it was just a beautiful picture, and I think very inspiring for the church. You know, it, it had many different contexts. You know, there was a, a huge focus on um, overseas missions. Yes. Uh, and it was just lovely to see that thought of spokes going into different parts around the world. But it was not only that, you know, it was through education. It was through the opportunities in the future with community services and, and medicine. And it's just been amazing to see over time those things develop through what was spoken prophetically. I can remember when we were in, uh, leading the Church in Christchurch, and I was actually working with some architects at the time in Christchurch of how we could turn the site there mm. into a multi-dimensional uh, kind of facility with business and everything. And and then one day it was it was terrifying to be honest. I woke up, I couldn't see anymore the vision. Um, it had just gone, and I thought I may have done something mm. wrong. But I think what it was was God simply preparing to bring us to Hamilton. Right. And then we came here; it all came alive again. And started to see the possibilities of what could be and what God was saying. and Because Hamilton, of course, had been a flagship church in the apostolic movement yes. for many years. Yeah, and, so. you know, so I was asking questions like, Lord, what do I have to do to go bigger and better than what's been done here? Mm. And uh, he didn't answer me. She was quite disconcerting. I was asking the wrong question. It was never about bigger and better. Uh, and 
he simply spoke to me very, very clearly one day and he said, Sheridan, I just want you to value and validate people. Do you know, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Right back. Uh, right back from the very yeah, start, eh? Uh, late 2008, 2009. Yeah. Incredibly grateful to God that he was so clear. It might not have had all the bells and whistles I was hoping for, but it, actually I, I thought it was a little bit mediocre at the time. But as I started to express it and I realised the depth of what God was saying, it became very powerful. And and, um, and then I remember one day I had a, I call it a vision because I wasn't asleep. I simply saw the picture of a park with a family from out of the community with no connection at all to the church. And they were sitting under a tree having a picnic with smiles on their faces. And from that day to this, that's what I've pursued as far as what it physically looks like sure. and, and to see what value of validating people looks like as hope is injected into their world. Mm. And at this point in time, it's turning into this wonderful campus project for generations to come, we hope. And I recall when you know, we first spoke about this instantly in my mind, you know, I see a social arm, yeah. uh, a medical arm, uh, education arm, and of course the church with this umbrella, you know, which is where we're at now. And I remember this situation, I was probably uh, in my mid-teens, walking down Gray Street in Palmerston North, and he was this drunk guy. He was in real strife, and I was walking along the footpath, and he had a, a, a bottle of alcohol. He smashed it open, and he was about to, to cut himself. Quite an intimidating environment, and I was faced with this reality. Am I going to go and help this guy? But if I do, he might you know, lunge out at me and cut me, or do I just pass by? And I went up to him, decided I'm going to go up and go and help him, and to my surprise, he was incredibly weak. And so it really moved my heart. I had a great sense of compassion for him, and I had an opportunity. God had given me an opportunity to show his love to somebody that way. And I think for many that call Activate Their Home carry the same sort of DNA. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think it's just wonderful that as a faith community that we do have a heart for our community. There are so many stories that could be told faith stories. I can remember one particular meeting. We couldn't get to talk to the people. You know, knock on their doors for 10 years and they just tell us to go away. And then all of a sudden the door opens and God opens the door and we go through and and, uh, just great people coming, great people being parts of teams. You know, we've got people even on our team that have shifted from other countries to be part of what God has asked us to do here. Uh, It's really quite remarkable. And I can think, you know, as you mentioned, Sheridan, about knocking on some of those doors. And nobody wanted to open them. No. People said, we're not going to talk to you. No. But God is at work. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's a medical center. Yeah. You know, which you negotiated that all the way through, mm. didn't you? It, suddenly, it wasn't there. All of a sudden, you see an opportunity. Mm. God yeah. brings it into being. And yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the other important thing of this, you know, that as wonderful as this is, it doesn't come without a fight. You yeah, know, there true. are challenges. And I, I look at this you know, all of this unfolding, there's been risk. Yeah, but, sure you know, um, the Lord's provided the right people, those with innovation and entrepreneurial skills, financial wisdom and so forth. It just absolutely feels as though God's designed it. It does. Um, although I've got to add, 
it'd be nice if it went a bit faster. What a treat. <laughs> but what they say, like, God, geez, it takes time. time it takes time, takes time it takes doesn't time. it? Yeah, that's right. We were both young men, Ray, when we started this. Yes, I know. Sure. You've aged somewhat. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Have you lost a bit of hair? <laughs> <laughs> I think part of the beauty of what we are doing here is uh, it's generational. I mean, not only do we stand on the shoulders of everyone that's gone before us, but we are doing our utmost to set it up so that the next generation can stand on our shoulders and do more than we could have hoped, dreamed or imagined. Mm. And I think, you know, one of the great thrills of my life is that what we're doing here mm. is, is not about us. No. No, we're simply establishing our part in a long story mm. Um, or being faithful with our part in a long story that's going to impact generations to come. God. And I think that is one of the very, very exciting things about the vision that God has given us because it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, if God's put a seed of something in you, the, the scope of the vision that he's given us here is mm. big enough for you to find your place and work it out. You know, bring your faith to the table mm. and let's see what God will do. Jesus was on this park, I think he'd be talking to a lot of people. Yeah. I think he would be making people feel comfortable uh, because he would want this to be the place of mm. a place mm. of hope, place where people could meet him, places mm. where people could encounter his power, his love, his grace, his mercy, his kindness. I, I see him changing lives. Yeah. Um, be that with a smile, be that sitting down with a cup of coffee, be that with the power of God, touching people, healing people, delivering people, like giving people hope. Kyoto, isn't that awesome? Yeah. How about giving the team another hand? I think they've done a fantastic job. Well, good morning to Ako and Rotatuna North. Lovely to be all together today. And uh, I think it's a real special day. Uh, I love, this is my favourite weekend of the year to be honest, I really, really love it. But before I go into that, I love that last song and I, I hope you picked up one of the lines in it. I, I'll have them slightly wrong, but the sentiment of it was, miracles break out when we open our mouths. Yeah. And I thought, you know, when we're praying for the miracle cards and, and when you're praying for miracles, make sure you speak them out. There's the power of life and death is in the tongue. And uh, we've got to actually speak them out rather than just let them revolve around our heads, which is, is so important. And, and same with our prayer as well, I think. You know, it's, we're in a, a time where it's important to speak our prayers out, uh, expecting the power of God to come and to move and to change environments that we are living in and that we're part of because God is doing something special. And actually, I think, I think prayer is on God's agenda at the moment. That's always on God's agenda. But right at the moment, I think prayer really is. So. Come on. 
Well, like I said, this is one of my favourite weekends. And uh, it's all about faith, it's all about action, it's all about pray and do, it's about activation together. Because talk is cheap, eh? We can sit here and we can talk and talk and talk. And uh, I can probably inspire you. But unless we actually do something with it, nothing happens. Nothing happens at all. I think that's one of the keys of discipleship is that, you know, the Holy Spirit comes and, and he, he activates something in our spirit, which then connects with our mind, the whole renewing of the mind, you know. He activates something in our spirit which engages our mind, but if that's as far as it goes, nothing ever happens. It's actually got to come out into a doing or an action or something somewhere. And this weekend is all about action. It's about actually doing what we've been talking about, which is, which is really great. This month we looked at a whole lot of stuff. Uh, we've looked at faith and action, that faith and action must always go hand in hand. Kingdom of God is both and generally, not one or the other. <clears throat> faith and action go together. We uh, highlighted our global partnerships with what's happening around the planet that we're involved in, which was very exciting. Then we looked at our local and national initiatives, our outreaches and our projects that we've got going on. Of course, the big physical project at the moment is the, the park here at uh, Ruakura. And um, a couple of years ago, we spent money and resources and time getting the, the Tuaco facility into much better shape. And then we've been tidying up out at Rotatuna North and getting that looking fantastic out there. And for this next little, um, or not so little time, it's about what's happening right here to get us into the next stage of God. You know, sometimes it's easy to sit, isn't it? And you go, well, what about, why don't we do it over there at the same time? Well, I don't know about you. I've had two children. I couldn't always afford, uh, afford to buy them both a new wardrobe at the same time. You know, just because... One son got a new pair of trousers. Didn't mean the other son got a new pair of trousers. Uh, it just doesn't work like that. You've only got so much you can do at one place at one time. And needless to say, they were both dressed. So that was good. So, yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> which reminds me of a story, which I won't tell you. The, um, <clears throat> and newsflash, newsflash, we've got Activate on the other side of the river coming. Call it west or something, not quite sure. But it's going to happen. We've got leaders. Why don't you guys just stand up? I know you're not prepared for this, but... Isn't that awesome? Woo! Nicole and Liam, wonderful. So we've got Activate on the other side of the river coming. And um, hopefully we'll have a facility and stuff ready to go. It would be awesome if that was going before Christmas. And uh, so we've got leaders. We'll have a place. Maybe you're, you, you are part of the team. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. No, look at me. Don't look down. Maybe you're part of the team. Maybe at North. Tim will love this. Maybe at North you're part of the team to go to West. That would have got Tim going. Or at Turco, but that's a long drive. So, And, and we've been encouraged also in this season that um, by you know, seasoned mission leaders, that we pray and do. Again, it's both and. We pray and we do. And so as a, a church, as a faith community, we're doing some amazing kingdom come activities together, which is really, really exciting. Um, I personally look at it all regularly with a keen eye, and I, I have conversations with God about it. And I ask questions like, why, Lord? <laughs> you know, wh why now? 
why are we doing this now? Maybe it's because, you know, we're just brave enough to believe that he wants to do it now, which he does. Uh, but, but why, Lord? And then I ask other questions like, are we still doing the right thing? Because nothing's locked in. You know, he, God calls the shots, nothing's locked in. Uh, are, we, are we still doing the right thing? Um, it's a lot of work for a lot of people. Lord, are we doing the right kind of work? Is this what you're actually asking of us? And what I hear and what I've heard even recently as last week as I was praying into this was for such a time as this. For such a time as this. It really interested me that I heard that so clearly because I know that Jan has been carrying prophetically um, that statement for the body of Christ. And then uh, you saw the video come up, and it's early on in the video they highlighted that line for such a time as this. I thought, yes, I think you're saying something, Lord. I think you are saying that for such a time as this, we are called. You have a plan, you have a purpose, and uh, you want us all involved. Because if, if you go, that that line comes from the book of Esther, and Esther's story is amazing, isn't it? She she's a a young girl in obscurity, and she's suddenly brought to the forefront. She's suddenly the, uh, the queen, just like that. You go, how did that happen? But it, it didn't come just, I mean, God positioned her, but it, it came at a very, very high personal risk for her. I remember, I think it was Mordecai said to her, um, when she said, do I have to do this? Mordecai said to her, you don't have to do this. God will raise up somebody else. However... <laughs> Your family will perish if you don't. That's kind of like not really a choice, is it? It's like, yeah, you can, but. But it came at a huge personal price, personal risk to her. The personal cost was high. This was now her whole life. This was her thing. This was make or break. If she walked in to the king and the king did not extend his scepter to her, her life was over. So it was coming at a very high personal cost. However, she was equipped by God, she was positioned by God, she was equipped with favor, she was equipped with tools and resources of the king to get the job done. And I feel as I pray that we are equipped with God's favor, with God's tools, which actually look like people. Normally if you get called a tool, it's an insult, isn't it? But, you know, it's, it's a compliment today. And, and, and um, But, you know, God's favor, God's tools and God's resources to get the job done done. And so for such a time as this. Tuako, for such a time as this, you are there. You are there. You are touching your town. Your your barbecues on a Friday night, you know, they might be a barbecue and you think, oh, it's just the barbecue. But no, they actually change the environment of your town and the people that come find hope in those environments. Rotatuna North, you are there for such a time in this, one of the fastest growing areas in the country. And you're right in the middle of it. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So Esther's mission was people. We forget that sometimes. Her mission was people. Her mission at the end of the day was to rescue people. That's what it was all about. That whole book is all about Esther being positioned to rescue the people. And uh, she was positioned, she was courageous, she was strategic, she was obedient, and she did what needed to be done for the people. 
there is a famous Māori proverb that goes, um, you know, what's the most important thing in the world? Hey tangata, hey tangata, hey tangata. The people, the people, the people. God is and he has always been about the people. Always. Everything else is just tools. Buildings, parks, locations, they're just tools in God's toolbox to help reach and impact people. The church is not a building. The church is you. The church is you, Rotatuna. The church is you, Tuako. The church is people. Because God always uses people. When God wants something done, he doesn't look for, um, uh, go, go looking for this, that, or the other thing. He goes looking for a person. He goes, I've got, I've got a solution that needs to be solved. There'll be a person to solve that. And he raises up a person. It's how he works. He, he's about the people for the people. And it's the way that he's always been. When you read the Bible, right from the very start to the, the conclusion of the Bible is God's journey with people. How people interact with him and, and how people hear him and obey him and walk with him and the mistakes of people in there and all that kind of stuff. The cross. When Jesus went to the cross, it's not about a cross. It's not about a hill. It's about people. And Jesus' incredible love and commitment to people because that's what he's about. Hey tangata, hey tangata, hey tangata. So we activate, you activate. We're involved in some great and noble things. And I, I wrote a few down, um, not all of them, just a few. Education, uh, medicine, church plants and oversights, social services, social justice, poverty relief, development, street barbecues, creative ventures, support of whānau and, and in, the, in the community, faith ventures, transformational activities. And as I wrote them all down and I looked at them all, I thought every one of them are about people. Because God is in the people business. Every one of them is about people. Because it's about God and people and people and God. That's what it's about. Even John 3.16, for God so loved the world. It's probably the most well-known Bible verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Everyone is people. Every person who believes, everything God does is people-centric. Everything. So it requires resources. It does. It requires faith. Nothing happens without faith. It requires some risk. We've actually got to step out there. We've got to have a go. You don't always win. Sometimes you get knocked around a little bit, but you've got to have a go. It requires risk, and it requires sacrifice, and it requires generosity. Jan and I were um, driving home late last night, and we were having the conversation on the way home about how we wanted to sow into financially into global legacy and what we felt God was saying to us. And then, of course, it's only by God's grace that you can do what he's saying to you. He's got to provide it. And um, we had agreed on a number. I think the reason we were really talking about it was because we were feeling the stretch and we were hoping one of us would give the other one a way out. (laughs) 
It didn't happen. We had unity. And, and we just found that stretch and went, oh boy, it would, it would this is my, my human confession, it would be much easier not to do that. You know, I've got, I've got one grandchild, another one coming now. I could spoil them rotten. And that's my job. Papa, it's my job. Hey, it's my job. But, no, no, we feel a real conviction by God, this is what we've got to do. This, 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 is, this is not only is it putting resource that we don't have on the line, but it's putting faith on the line and risk, believing by faith it'll come in. Because you see, we've done this for many years, and every year we risk, and every year we've made it. They go, oh, okay, awesome, only God, only God. So it's about the people, because God's love is for people. God's love is for people. The mission God has given to activate is, you know, activating community transformation, that's people. Uh, creating a legacy of hope, that's people. Making disciples, that's people. That's people. It's all about the people. And so the way we outwork it is a little different in our different locations. But at the end of the day, it's all about God and people and people and God. And that's what we are called to. Because it's a time for such a time as this that we've been called. God's not waiting for another generation. He's waiting. He's got us. He's got us. It's like, Wow. In God's scheme of things, he chooses us to do this now. The shoulders, the, the video, it's just fantastic, isn't it? Building on the shoulders of all the generations before us, uh, we've got to do our bit. We've got to step out in faith in our bit. I actually, I'm really looking forward to walking into the crowd of witness, witnesses in heaven, the stadium. You know, when I walk into that stadium, and I, I, I'm believing by faith that some random person is going to stand up out of the millions of people in that stadium and go, Sheridan, Sheridan! Thank you. I go, what for? Because of what we're doing. Because of what we're doing. And I believe the same for you. You'll walk in there and just get an anonymous thank you because by faith you stepped out and allowed God to do something tremendous. Uh, the world's full of great causes. There's plenty of causes. You know, but we, we could take five minutes and I could just list off a whiteboard full of great causes. I really want to throw the challenge to you that the world gets behind great causes. But we're called to kingdom cause. And no one else will get behind kingdom cause. Only kingdom people get behind kingdom cause. Only God's people get behind God's work. And so I want to encourage you today to sow into the work that God's doing in and through us as a community. Because it's really significant work that's going to reach well beyond us into the generations that are to come after us. Activate means to make active. That is characterized by action rather than contemplation or speculation. In other words, we're not simply called to keep the seats warm. God's got stuff for us to do. And it doesn't happen by itself. So our culture, Activate Church culture, is about doing it together. We're not about the one or two. Our culture and our, uh, my encouragement to us all today is that every person is involved. It's, about, it's not about equal amounts. It's about equal sacrifice. 
And I want to encourage every, every one of us, whether you're in this building here, whether you're online, whether you're at Rotatuna North, whether you're at Tuaco, every person to be involved. Because as we get involved together, we can see something. And you know, my heart behind that as much as anything else is when you talk about what God's doing, I want you to be able to say we and our, our church is doing this. We did this together. We, by faith, we took a step of faith and God did this. And that's such a, a powerful place to be rather than they, they, they did that or that church did that or no, no, we did this. We did this together by God's grace, with God's favor. And as the video said, with a bit of a fight, we pushed, we didn't back off, we put, you know, we pushed into it. We achieved this together. Yeah. And so I want to just simply ask, and I don't want you, whatever you do, please don't feel like I'm manipulating you because I'm not. At the end of the day, this is between you and God. No one will check up on you. No one's even going to follow up on you. But I want to ask every one of us to be involved. I want to ask every one of us to come together and to do this together so we can celebrate together so I hope you're ready I hope you've got your uh, your cards now there'll be lots of different ways you can give and we're not necessarily worrying about that today like for Jan and I we, we will uh, by faith promise our amount and then it'll take us a year by God's grace if God's grace doesn't show up, it'll take forever. By God's grace, it'll take a year, we hope, to get there. Um, so, and, and we'll just we'll bring that as we get it. And I just think if you um, don't don't concern yourself about giving too much, because if you gave, if we gave a hundred million dollars, I could allocate it all by ten o'clock tomorrow morning. All it would do was take our fifty-year vision and make it eight. Nothing would change. It would just like fast track everything because finance is like the accelerator for what God's doing. So I encourage us to, to write on here and then there's many ways you can give it, the normal ways and you put your tithing number on it, all those kind of things. But when God gives it, remember that you ask for it for a reason. That's all I ask. You know, if suddenly, I don't know, if you promise $20,000 and suddenly tomorrow morning you wake up and there's $20,000 in your account, bring it to the Lord. Don't buy the new car because I've got Michael going around the car park checking for the new car. No. But, you know, when God supplies it, give it because that's what faith promise is about. You know, like I say, no one's following you up, checking you up. It's between you and God. It's a great faith journey. I, you know, I've grown so much through this process in the year, that years, that like I say now, it's my favourite weekend of the year. I love the stretch. I love the discomfort of it. I love the driving home late at night, going, "Oh, flip! Uh, how's that going to work? You know, uh, well, it's not going to work unless God. I, I love that. It unsettles me. It, uh, it uneases me. It's like, well. Lord, it, this, this really is on you, and, um, and that's great. So what I want us to do is to, to fill out our cards, and there's um, a couple of baskets in all the buildings. 
I'll give the instructions and then Tim's going to take over at uh, Rotatuna North and Chrissy's going to take over at Tuako. And what I would encourage is you fill in a card and if you are here as a family, you are, you're a married couple, come and put it in together and just commit it to the Lord together because you need unity. No, there's no point me promising something if Jan's not in it. That's just going to cause strife. You need unity if you're together. And then by faith, let's come and by faith, just simply, Lord, help. Lord, do something significant through us as a church, I pray. In Jesus' name. Father, I release faith right now. Oh, we're so good with the logic, Lord. But I release faith to achieve what's on your agenda. Father, that we can do this together, that we can celebrate together, that we can walk together. I give you thanks in Jesus' name.